welcome to episode two of Super Like Me. Um, it's Sunday, and I was fighting hard to get a guest for today's show, but I've been dealing with the flu for the past three or four days, and in my head, I still sound terrible right now, and all nasally, and just, I feel like shit. But life goes on, and I wanted to make a conscious effort to get some sort of material out here at least once a week for you guys to listen to. Um, thank you all so much who've listened to the last episode. I was really shocked at how much feedback I got from people I didn't even expect to, to listen to it. But um, what I have learned is a lot different than making a wrestling podcast that's a very niche podcast and let's say you have 300 people on your Facebook you know chances are 20 of them like wrestling so everyone likes dating everyone has relationships this is a lot easier to get a much larger following so with that being said um, episode 2 I don't know how long it's going to go um just like I said, I'm still sick, and I'm just trying to give you guys something. But I'd like to kind of continue off of the first story I had, and just kind of go right in the right timeline, and talk about losing the old virginity, which I'm sure everyone has had an awkward experience. I mean, it's never going to be that laying a woman down in a bed of roses and just perfection type stuff that you see in the movies but uh, I honestly don't know how I met Michelle and I'm assuming like AOL or something like that I don't know but uh, she lived kind of close and she played tennis, I played tennis. We wanted to meet up, play tennis. It ended up turning into a relationship. And Michelle was in college, and she had two roommates. And these roommates were just crazy. Like, me and her were like not even 21 yet and stuff, and her roommates were in their mid 30s. And one of them was a DEA agent, and the other one was in the Northwest Symphony Orchestra. And um, both just hilarious homosexuals. Just one of them is manly as it can get, like, and the other one just hilariously flamboyant. Uh, Billy and Steve, I believe, were their names. And so me and Michelle, we started dating and stuff for a while and stuff. And then I remember it was New Year's Eve. We had planned on going to see the fireworks in Highland and coming back to her house and finally having sex. And the New Year's Eve, obviously it was great. Fireworks, all that shit. Her two roommates, shit face drunk. Um, I believe Michelle was drunk or stoned possibly I don't know 
this is, I mean, we're talking, this is years ago. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast today. But uh, anyway, we get back to her house. I remember Billy and Steve going into her hot tub and me and her going to go have sex. And it just being the most awkward thing ever. Like from putting the condom on to finally getting it in and then halfway through it noticing that the door was cracked and Billy and Steve were totally spying on the whole fucking situation so finish up go walk into the hallway to walk to the bathroom and take the condom off and sure as shit you get a couple high fives and that was the story with that. The other big story that came out of that whole relationship, which was absolutely hilarious, was, like I said, one of the guys was a DEA agent. And I'm not going to say with what county or anything like that, but um, he was also addicted to drugs. And he told me that being a DEA agent, part of the job was being addicted to drugs kind of like, you know, Denzel Washington's character in Training Day. Um, basically, in the middle of the night, he woke me up, as I was spending a night at her house, and he said, hey, we need to go find some drugs. He wanted weed, and I guess his guy in Indiana was out of weed. So, he has the brilliant idea of all of us driving up to Wrigleyville in Chicago, and he's going to just randomly walk up to bums and ask for weed. And sure as shit, I park on the side of the road, he hops out of the car, walks up to this guy, asks for weed. The guy says he can get weed. Next thing you know, there is a bum in the back of my car and we're driving a couple blocks away to a drug dealer's house. And this whole time I'm thinking, I'm in the fucking car with a goddamn cop and a bum about to buy fucking drugs. Like, what's going on in my fucking life? Like, this is fucking crazy. So anyway, we go and we get the marijuana and the bum asks, can you take me to where I'm staying at? And now at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm 19, I don't know Chicago as well as I do, obviously, right now. So he says, hey, can you take me to Halstead? Well, in my mind, the only Halstead I think is the one that's kind of over by, like, Lansing and Calumet City. So I'm like, alright, cool, whatever, it's on the way back to Indiana, I got you. So, what I didn't know was he wanted to go to the Halstead in Wrigleyville, which was literally two blocks away from where we were at. So, this guy's all fucked up. He's smoking weed in my car. And we're driving and driving and driving. And I'm wondering, like, where the fuck this dude lives? So, the whole time he's just, like, saying funny stuff. He's telling me how... He used to do drugs with Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's just bullshitting me like you would not even fucking believe. And I'm like, whatever. It's like 
Now it's two o'clock in the morning. I just want to fucking go home. I got work in the morning. We start getting to Lansing and I'm like, hey, we're on Halstead. Like, where do you live? And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I live all the way in downtown Chicago. I'm like, bro, you said Halstead. I'm on Halstead. And he's like, I thought you were just going for like a drive, man. Like, I don't live anywhere around here. I live up by fucking Boys Town. So now I'm like looking at the time and I'm like, there's no way in fucking hell that I can take this dude all the way the fuck back down to downtown Chicago (coughs) and still get home in time to go to work. Like there's just no possible fucking way. So I turned to the DE agent and I was like, dude, there's like, what are we supposed to do here, man? So Billy goes, I got this, man. And the next thing this fucking dude does is he turns into full-on angry male dominant mode. And he grabs the bum and he pulls him out of my car and drags him into the parking lot and was like, I guess you live out here now, motherfucker. And threw him to the ground, closed the door, starts yelling at me and was like, go, 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 go. Shit. I feel so fucking terrible about this shit. But a police officer, a DEA agent, just threw a bum out of my car into the middle of a parking lot in Lansing, like 35 minutes from wherever he was staying in downtown Chicago. Like, what the fuck? So this relationship's just like crazy now. Because now this shit's, it's starting to turn into a snowball. A couple weeks later, I'm not going to name any names because some of my friends that are still friends with me were involved in this. Me and my girlfriend picked up a few of my friends and a couple of my friends decided that we were going to go to Walmart. And while I'm shopping with my girlfriend, one of my female friends, like I said, I'm not going to say anything who she is. She decided to start stealing from Walmart. And she got caught. And the cameras caught her. And as I'm pulling out the whole time, I had no fucking clue that she was stealing lipstick, makeup, I don't know, whatever the fuck it was. I get detained too. And Walmart security pulls me over and stuff says that even if I did not know that this was going on because I was driving my friend all of us were getting in trouble and they took our picture banned us from Walmart Uh, technically I'm banned from Walmart still which is hilarious because at the time of this like I said I think I was 19 and I had blue spiked hair so I'm sure there's a photo somewhere in the world of me with fucking blue spiked hair banned from Walmart which is absolutely ridiculous and hilarious but uh yeah we all got a nice little fine too whatever um that relationship started to end and uh, it sucks having to talk about 
some of this stuff because it is personal stuff, but I know for a fact that she'll never hear this, so I'm going to be honest and tell you why the relationship ended. Um, she got really depressed and she started cutting herself and I noticed it one time when we were having sex like she had these really tall socks on and I asked her I was like what's the deal with this and I tried to take the socks off and when I did I noticed hundreds of cuts on her leg and I was young and didn't know how to handle this at all so I kind of freaked out I kind of started pushing her away and pulling back from the relationship and the next thing you know I got a call that she was in dire mental hospital and she had tried to kill herself so I went and visited her and as I'm sitting there next to her talking with her her dad came in and her dad said something to the likes of oh Michelle was just telling me how much she loves you and I was like fuck she had never said I love you I had never said I love you like I got the hint that she had those kind of feelings for me and stuff and I'm sure I could have got those feelings for her because she was a really good person we I mean we had good times together and stuff we went to a lot of concerts together and had a good time but just dealing with someone at that point of my life being so young not knowing how to comfort someone when they're so depressed that they're cutting themselves I had no idea what to do and that was pretty much the end of that relationship right there I told her the truth I was like I'm very overwhelmed in this relationship I don't know how to help you or even how to be there for you and I think now if I was put in that situation I'd be able to handle it a lot better than I did now or then but 19 years old you've never dealt with anything like that before like it's just hard and the last thing you want to do is see somebody that you care about hurting themselves so that was that relationship um, we stopped talking and years later she found me through Facebook and we made amends and became friends and I visited her and stuff and met her family and all that kind of stuff uh, I don't know where she's at now uh, randomly she was off my Facebook friends wall or whatever but uh, I wish nothing but the best for her so that was that story um, shortly after that was the next really big heartbreak uh, I met a girl and it's so weird because we're still really close friends and I know the second I mention anything about her all my friends are gonna immediately know who I'm talking about and so is she and that's fine because I've admitted like years later and stuff like how much she meant to me and how much you know what happened affected me in my life 
so I met this girl. She lived in Chesterton, and of all things, she was on house arrest. Um, I'm not going to get into why she was on house arrest, because it's not my business to do so. But we were hanging out all the time. I was driving 45 minutes all the time to go hang out with her. I would bring her food. We would play video games, watch movies, all sorts of shit. Like, I'll never forget, there was one night we watched Cool Runnings. Um, oh God, what are the other movies? It was like a Godzilla movie and some other movie all back to back to back and just stayed up all night just hanging out. And I personally thought that we were in like a relationship, but I think it blossomed into more than just, it was basically just a friendship, you know, it's just, it never really went anywhere sexually, and I, of course, I was okay with that, because she blossomed into one of my best friends, and there was a moment where, I don't know what I asked her, I asked her something about, like, can we be more or something, and she gave me this really generic, immature answer that I wasn't punk rock enough to be with her. Which, if you ask her now, she'll tell you how hilarious that is. But uh, after that, my heart was fucking crushed. And that night I went home. And I was still straight edge at the time. And I went home. And I was chatting with one of my friends online and telling her the story about what happened and stuff. And she's just, my friend Nikki is awesome. She's from Boyne, Michigan. And she offered to send me some money. And just like, you know, hey, your heart's broken. Why not just come up to Michigan and just party? Okay, fuck it. So me and my buddy Brian, we just ditched what we were doing and we drove to the tippy top of Michigan and hung out with Nikki for a couple of days and that first night I'm all depressed she turns to me and she goes hey I got some homemade wine do you want to drink and that was that I said yes finally gave in and after a few glasses of wine she was like hey do you want to smoke weed and I was like fuck it fine and I remember coming home that couple days later Nikki came home with me because the plan was I was gonna pick her up bring her back to my place and she was gonna stay for a few days and we were gonna go see the Bomb Teen Souls together so I come back to Hammond and my best friend at the time well still best friend obviously but uh he found out that she got me to smoke weed after like an hour of knowing her and he's spent 20 years trying to get me to smoke weed with him so he was a little upset, but he was happy that I started smoking and we all started hanging out and just became, you know, best buds and went to the concert together and that was what happened and what changed my life from being so against drugs and alcohol to finally giving in and drinking and as cliche and as lame as it sounds it was a girl and it was one of those like heartbreaking moments where I didn't think I was good enough and 
just gave up on all my values and everything that actually made me, you know, who I am. So I'm going to end this right there. So the first episode, you got two relationship type things. And this episode, you got two relationship things. Now that those are all out of the way and we're to the point in my life where I'm now drinking and now actively out there being a wild child, um, holy shit, are you in for some fucked up stories? Because uh, I got some good shit coming up and hopefully you enjoy this one as much as the first one. I don't know if you... I don't know. It seems like it's probably going to be a decent one. But uh, keep hitting me up about wanting to be on the podcast. Um, Whatever stories you got, that's great. Anything's welcome. If you want to talk about life, if you want to talk about dating, you want to talk about great relationships, we could do all of that stuff. Funny stories. Shit, if you have stories from me and you hanging out and partying back in the day and you just want to come on here and bullshit about that... This app that I'm using has a feature where I can call you and we could just have a phone conversation and record the whole thing over the phone. So it's very useful, even if you don't have time to uh, you know, hang out and stuff like that, we can still get something together. So go ahead and hit me up. Again, this is Chris, signing off. Thank you for listening to Super Like Me. Tell your friends. Thank you. Alright, welcome back to the show. This next segment, basically what we're going to talk about is kind of give you an idea of what it's like to date in 2019. Or maybe not even date. What is it like to be on a dating app in 2019? And I'm sure... If you're not already married or anything like that or in a serious relationship, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about and relate to all of it. But basically, let's say you're on one of your dating sites. You know, you got your OkCupids, you got plenty of fish, your Tinder, all that kind of stuff. Basically, what happens nowadays is... You're going to match with someone depending on what your first initial setup line is. Let's say let's say you come out of the gate with something lame like hi. Even if that person is completely attracted to you, you're not going to get a response. Come up with something interesting, folks. And this is not just for the men, too. Like, I've had girls that will legit just say hey and it's like okay cool you have the balls to come out and make the first move and say hi blah 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 but if I was in that situation and I sent this same girl a simple hi I would fully expect her not to talk to me completely so don't come at me with a simple hi be creative look at my profile there's something in my profile that you like ask me a question about it if it says oh 
you love to go hang out at coffee shops, send me a message and say, hey, I love coffee too. What kind of coffee shop should I be going to? Just something simple like that. It's not fucking hard. So let's say you're past that first initial high or whatever like that, and you're kind of going through the whole like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of movies do you like to listen to? Here's how it's going to go. And this sucks. Within that very first day, you can talk to this person for fucking eight hours straight and it could be the greatest conversation of all time. If that person is not 100% into you and has 10 other fucking people that they're talking to at the same time, you're going to get benched. You're going to hear less and less from that person and they're going to focus on someone more. And then randomly out of the blue, when nature's runs course with the other person that they thought was better than you, is not actually better than you, they're going to come crawling back and they're going to send you a message and they're going to give you some kind of bullshit. I got one recently that was like, this girl talked to me for like weeks and all of a sudden she just disappeared. And I legit got a message from her that was like, Hey, I totally lost my phone for the last three weeks. I miss you. How are you doing? Let's hang out. Really? Come on. Anyone with half a brain knows exactly what happened. You know, she was interested in you at first, and then she wasn't. Tried something with someone new. It didn't work. Oh, let's fall back on Chris. And you know what? Like... I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of doing this too, because we all have done this. You know, there's that, there's benching. The other one is completely ghosting. Ghosting is basically, if we're talking, we're talking about getting in a new relationship, things are going great, and then all of a sudden, I go snap you a Snapchat photo and it says pending, out of the blue. You're just gone. You know, it's the easiest way to just be like, all right, I'm not going to be honest with this person. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm not feeling this shit. I'm just going to block them because it's easy. You know, you're not face to face. There's no, there's no breakup or anything like that. There's just a simple fuck it. Someone out there is better. I'm just going to block this person. And that shit fucking sucks. Like... You could totally be into someone and you guys are just sending videos back and forth and talking about, you know, what the first date's going to be like. And then all of a sudden, just poof, gone. Like, that's what needs to stop in 2019, for real. Like, I know it's so easy, especially for girls, because you could be the most homely looking girl on the fucking planet but I guarantee you the second you get a dating profile you're going to be getting dudes every five minutes hitting you up it's not like that with men maybe you're Ashton Kuchers or you know whoever the fuck you know a really really good looking guy maybe he's getting flooded with messages but a normal ass fucking good hearted dude is not getting messages every two seconds of people throwing themselves 
like the girls get. And I mean, I've like, I've looked at my friends that are females, Tinder profiles and stuff like that. And I've seen the type of like crazy ass messages that or maybe not even messages, just random dick pics sent to you. Like girls, I'm sure it's got to suck to get all these dick pics and stuff like this, but if you crave attention, this type of social media is fucking perfect for you. It's got to be feeding your ego like so bad. But it just is what it is. I mean, in 2019, you got to be honest with someone, man. Like if you're not into them and if there's like something that you really, really, really don't like about them and you know it's not going to go somewhere, just be honest. It's not that hard. You know, it takes like two seconds to sit there and send a message and be like, hey, you know, you're coming on too strong. I'm sorry. I'm not into it. Or, hey, I don't like that you smoke cigarettes. Or, hey, I don't like that you have a daughter. Something like that. It's easy. It's not that fucking hard. And then uh, my friend Mia sent me an article about this uh, stuff called mosting, which I guess is a new trend now. And it's basically like setting someone up to think that you're their soulmate and you're like, oh, this is the greatest match of all time. You're amazing. You're amazing. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And then the second they're right at that moment where they're just so happy that they think that they're in this new relationship, boom, you just ghost. And that shit's been around forever. You know, like there was even an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that was basically the same fucking thing, the dentist system. Like, go look up that show. It's the same fucking thing. You know, but I digress. This is what dating has evolved into. You know, you just sit there and you swipe and swipe and swipe and then you get a connection with someone and... (coughs) Sorry. Now that I feel like I'm older, it seems like if we're both in our 30s, both of us have been through so many like fucked up relationships and, you know, have been hurt so many times that there's also this moment where either the guy or the girl thinks that they're unfixable and they're quote unquote broken. So you could have the nicest person in the world that's just catering to your every need and just being Mr. Right. But you're so used to having chaos in your life that having someone in your life that's good for you is scary as fuck. And, I mean, honestly, I've gotten that line a million times, too. Or I've gotten the whole, like, I know that this is going to get fucked up in the long run. So why don't I fuck it up now? And that's a terrible fucking way to think. Like, everyone has the opportunity and should have the opportunity to find someone that they really connect with and don't have to settle for. You know, you you can go anywhere and you can see all these people and just kind of feel like they've settled. You shouldn't have to feel settled. There's, you know, there's plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. There's tons of fucking people out there. Do not settle for someone that don't makes you, that does not make you happy. Please. And I've done that. 
so many fucking times. I've stayed in a relationships two years, three years longer than I should have. And it's out of the fear of being alone. And it's a crippling fucking fear. And it sucks. And that's why I'm out there. You know? Who wants to sit there and be alone? Who wants to not have that nice warm feeling where you wake up and there's a text message from a significant other that thought about you the first thing when they woke up? That's nice, right? I think so. You know? And there's... I guess the only other thing to talk about is people who are building squads, as I like to say. Like, multiple, multiple people that think that they're in a relationship with that one person, but they're talking and talking and talking to all these multiple people. Like, how the fuck do you have the time to remember each little thing like oh this is Chris he likes wrestling and horror movies oops this is Joe Joe likes football and monster movies like what if you accidentally like fuck up and you say something to Joe about like hey did you watch wrestling last night and he's like what the fuck are you talking about I don't watch that shit that's why it's like if you really really fucking like somebody focus on that fucking person try to make it work Make plans. Go out of your fucking way to make plans. But if you're sitting here constantly fucking telling somebody, hey, I like you, hey, I'm into you, hey, I'm into you, but that person's going on that dating app and seeing the little online now button that you're constantly fucking looking for somebody else, they're going to start feeling insignificant. You know, like, if I think that me and you have something going on, And every single time that I pop on that fucking dating app, I see you online now looking for someone else. Why am I going to open up to you? Why am I going to give you my all when I'm going to feel like I'm just going to hurt myself and I'm going to get broken again? Because chances are you're looking for somebody that has a quality that I don't have and that's what you're looking for. And that's... I envy so, so much all my friends that are already married and have never had to deal with this type of shit. It's so hard out there. Or you could just be a slut and you could just go around and fuck as many people as possible, get your numbers up, and just say fuck it. You know? But the older you get, man, you want to you wanna settle down. Me, personally, I don't want my daughter to keep meeting new people that I'm dating and then six months later, they're gone. And then my daughter comes to my house and was like, hey, what happened to so-and-so? That's heartbreaking. But that's the life that goes on. Because there's all, we're in this society now where it's so easy to get a new app and be like, oh, okay, well, there's nothing good on Plenty of Fish. Let me download Hinge and see what kind of ass is out there. That is fucking what we're in right now. And it's hard to find a real connection with somebody. There's plenty of fucking people to talk to. That's for sure. 
but whether or not you're going to be able to make a real deep connection with somebody that lasts and that gets that person off of those fucking dating sites now that's the real shit right there that's the stuff that you need to strive for if you're actually openly looking for a relationship or if you're not looking for a relationship by all means get your numbers up do what you gotta do but from experience you know there's been tons of girls that I've just hooked up through you know Tinder and stuff that could have made really good relationships but I had the mindset that I was like nope I'm just gonna go fuck as many people as possible because I'm trying to fill this empty void that I'm not ready to fill yet because I'm not willing to accept and to admit like I've just admitted 10 minutes ago that I don't want to be alone but now that I'm finally like admitting that I'm totally ready to find something real and find a good relationship where two people can not have to be on those fucking dating sites anymore two people can just sit there and like say hey come over and watch a movie and be content that's what I want I want to share experiences with somebody I want to just be invited over just to bullshit play fucking rummy like just simple normal shit instead of the hey it's 11 o'clock at night why don't you come over and fuck me and you know then leave but that's all I gotta say about that you know I'm gonna wrap up this episode and just be done so hope you enjoy this week stay tuned next week and we'll see what kind of stuff we can bring next week <laughs>